Welcome to the Daily Horror Habit Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Krieger, bringing you daily reviews of current and classic horror movies for your twisted pleasure. Be aware that these reviews and discussions may include spoilers. And as always, I hope you enjoy. This is our only chance. How did we arrive here? Some 59 years after their initial meeting, two of the MonsterVerse's most prominent titans are finally squaring up once again. In a lot of ways, Godzilla vs. Kong feels very much like the MonsterVerse's equivalent of Marvel's path to Endgame. Revitalizing dormant characters, multi-film pathways to the most optimal, and in this case, monster, outcome. Beautiful kaiju destruction the likes of which we've yet to see before. Directed by Adam Wingard and currently streaming on HBO Max, Godzilla vs. Kong picks up five years after the events of 2018's Godzilla King of the Monsters. Kong is now contained within a monarch facility on Skull Island, and Godzilla roams the open seas as the dominant alpha. Separated from one another, though the looming threat of the two ever meeting face to face weighs heavily on those whose lives are dedicated to containing Earth's titan threats. While the existence of them is now well known to the world, there's an order of balance that's been achieved, with Godzilla being the clear victor of the previous film's Battle Royale War. But that peace is shattered when Godzilla suddenly breaks from his peaceful pattern, attacking an apex cybernetics facility and putting the world on edge, and our human protagonists scrambling for a plan to contain his aggression. For starters, the film's narrative feels more streamlined than King of the Monsters' convoluted eco-terrorism nonsense. This results in Godzilla vs. Kong's narrative while underwhelming to at least be less intricate, making it a smoother distraction from the big lizard and monkey. That being said, the film does introduce numerous narrative avenues that never quite achieve anything more than being serviceable. There's the struggle between Monarch and Apex, a podcaster attempting to uncover the truth about Titans, and later, a development to find Kong's home which sends a team of scientists, led by Rebecca Hall and Alexander Skarsgård, to the Earth's secret inner habitat called Hollow Earth. This narrative being the more interesting, giving the film a Fantastic Four-esque sci-fi flavor that gives Kong a fresh new habitat to run wild within. However, the film still suffers from the problem that nearly every single kaiju film does. The flip side of the monster coin being a forgettable human one. Nearly all of the characters are a bland array of scientists or security personnel that are less than inspired. Several characters from The King of Monsters Return, such as Bobby Millie Brown and Kyle Chandler, but their narrative threads are never more than a brief footnote. It's slightly amusing how prominent Chandler's character was in King of the Monsters, and yet he appears for less than five minutes of screen time here. Also, there's a Lance Reddick cameo that is probably less than 30 seconds long before he disappears for the remainder of the film. Characters are mostly inconsequential in the long run, but pretty clear indication of how chaotic the construction and editing of these kaiju films can be. 
The only real exception to the film's overall character blandness is Kaylee Hoddle as Gia. Gia's character has a special bond with Kong, who she communicates with via sign language and drives the only real emotional investment within the film. Emotional investment with non-kaiju characters, that is. Props to Legendary Studios for casting a deaf person to play a deaf role, which shouldn't be as noteworthy as it sadly is, but it's still a rarity when studios actually manage to get representation right these days. Her character aside, characters can be summed up as bad guys and gals are bad, and the good guys and gals are good, with little morality that isn't overtly black and white. And now for a brief intermission. If you've been enjoying this episode of Daily Horror Habit, please take a moment to subscribe to the show on your preferred streaming platform, or leave us a review on iTunes. And thank you for your continued support, and I hope you enjoy the remainder of today's horrifying episode. Not the most egregious instance of this common monsterverse issue, but how many more of these movies are they going to make without realizing that something regarding their approach to the human side of things needs to change? But once the groundwork is laid, Adam Wingard runs wild with this once-in-a-lifetime monster spectacle that manages to be both larger in life and ever-evolving in its creativity. One of my biggest critiques of King of the Monsters was its rather cumbersome exploration of space when filling it with various monsters. Wingard completely sidesteps this issue by approaching scenes as if they're elongated tapestries of kaiju chaos. Sprawling wide-angle shots that show off the creatures in all their monstrous glory. Just as importantly, the settings themselves are varied and creatively implemented into the combat. Rather than being simply static, the environments themselves become a participant. Whether it's Kong leaping between battleships as if they were lily pads, or swinging between buildings to propel himself into the air to deliver a devastating air attack, there's complexity to each monster's movement. Likewise, Godzilla's destruction has never been more majestic in his reptilian movements and expounding his nuclear power plant breath to eviscerate all that lays in the king's way. The initial meeting of the two, in which the towering behemoths square off aboard an aircraft carrier in the middle of the ocean, is without a doubt a Mount Rushmore battle moment. Zilla's amphibious advantages don't suck the life out of the fight. Rather, Wingard allows for the two to slug it out before firmly putting the ball back into Zilla's court and taking things underwater. And better yet, no matter the complexity or ever-evolving nature of fights, the audience's view of both monsters' savage bouts of violence are never obscured by our proximity to them. The audience is not only given a front-row seat to the chaos, but a variety of angles that expertly put us and keep us in the action. Later on in the film, when the Titans find themselves scrapping within the confines of the neon-drenched Hong Kong City, the fluidity of their and the audience's traversal of that tight space is immaculate in ensuring neither miss a beat of this highly controlled but overwhelmingly destructive battle. While the previous film felt chaotic, Godzilla vs. Kong treats the audience to unfiltered battles that are amongst some of the most impressive, both technically and in their CGI choreography, that we've ever seen from the MonsterVerse. While cities in the sea to some extent are familiar stomping grounds for these titans, the film's trip to Hollow Earth during the midpoint of the film pushes the expectations of what these films are capable of showing us. Now this is the point in my review where I'm going to delve into more spoiler territory, so if you're still planning on watching the Big Lizard and Monkey movie, I would pause this episode and come back afterwards. So spoilers in 3, 2, 1. By far the least kept secret of the year is the inclusion of Mechagodzilla in Godzilla vs Kong. Revealed in early trailers for the film, Mechagodzilla serves as the true villain of the film, which kicks off the film's largest tag team battle, Godzilla and Kong vs Mechagodzilla. How someone okayed undercutting one of the most holy shit Player 3 has entered the game moments of the year is beyond me, but no crying over spilled kaiju tears, or however that saying goes. 
Now, I was initially afraid that the same kinetic energy and creativity displayed previously in the film would dissipate with the inclusion of a third mechanized tango partner. But that couldn't have been farther from the truth. Watching the Titans work in tactical tandem with one another elevates the film's penultimate fight scene that while unfolding within a traditional cityscape, makes for the most complex choreographed bout yet. Seeing these two beloved icons fight side by side is a monster fan's dream come true, and amounting to more than just a slugfest easily replicated by a child smashing their two favorite action figures together. There's an unwavering steady delivery of each blow, never losing their impactfulness no matter how many punches and kicks are thrown. Likewise, hearing Godzilla and Kong roar their iconic gutturals will put your hair on edge as they stare into one another's mugs. Their war cries a warning of their true Alpha Titan status. The little details are what elevates the bigger, impossible-to-miss moments, making for a much more controlled kaiju adventure that never skimps on the chaos. Godzilla vs. Kong is one of the strongest entries in the MonsterVerse thus far. Now, just if the same level of immaculate planning and attention could be lent to the human side of things. But for now, if you're in need of some unfiltered destruction, Godzilla vs. Kong on HBO Max has you covered. And that'll do it for another episode of Daily Horror Habit, and I'll see you guys tomorrow for another Daily Horror Movie Review. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to Daily Horror Habit on your preferred streaming service, and follow the show on Instagram at Daily Horror Habit, and on Twitter at Daily Horror Pod for episode updates. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you guys next time.